the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to the second half of Iron Real Estate. And before I introduce our great guest that we have, Donald M. Ratner, who is, um, his publications include My Creative Space and How to Design Your Home to Stimulate Ideas and Spark Innovation. And he's done books, and new, he's contributed so much to um, the design world. I just want to make sure that I give special as just a special hats off to Tony Bennett, who um, died at 96, and uh, all I can say was he was iconic and very special to me because my dad uh, loved him so much, played his songs all the time, and uh, although he didn't have a great voice, uh, in his uh, pretty bad voice, he would always sing to my mom because of you. Uh, which was, I think, one of his first songs. Uh, he's an icon, and he sang, I mean, I think right before the pandemic, I mean, I, he sang up to the very end, and we're all going to miss him. He's just an American icon, and his music, I am sure, will just go on forever. Um, so thanks, Tony, for making my dad happy and so many people happy, and you will continue with your music to make them happy. Um, okay, and with that, I would love uh, to say hi to Dan- Donald. Good morning, Donald. Good morning, Dottie. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. I am uh, just got through talking about the air conditions, uh, the, the conditions in New York that are coming from the fires in Canada. We had a guest on who's uh, from Canada, and uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be an ending to those fires. It looks like they're right, going to be continuing right. for a long time to come. But anyhow, on a lighter note and a more and an exciting note, and something that I know all of our listeners want to know about, um, a space. When you know, when you buy a home, uh, many a times it's done in somebody else's taste or kind of just flat, or it's not how you would like it. Um, you have written books and you've talked about, do it. You've talked about it, and um, tell us some of the. First of all, let me ask you a little about yourself. How did you get into interior design? Well, I would um, trace it all back to mom. <laughs> My mother actually uh, was very interested in architecture when she was a young woman. And we're talking like, you know, back in the 1950s when such things were not terribly uh, frequent occurrences. Um, But she had this interest all her life. 
and of course, she exercised those interests on her own home, uh, decorated it, renovated it, did all those things, made it a really beautiful place. And I guess between environment and genetics, somehow that passion uh, came down to me and uh, I ended up going into uh, the field of architecture myself. And where did you grow up? I grew up on Long Island, uh, North Shore, oh, like town of Great Neck. Oh, North my goodness. Stop. Yes, well, okay. I'm, I'm sure you know some folks there. And then no, um, I, went to, I, went to, I went to college in Columbia, so never really left. Uh, <laughs> reminds me of a Tony Bennett song, even if, even if he was talking West Coast. It's sort of my version, <laughs> East Coast. I left my heart in New York City. Um, so I've kind of been in this area um, since, since birth. <laughs> No, but I have to tell you, so I grew up on Long Island also, and Great Neck was then the place to go if you lived on Long Island. All the best stores were there, and the best clothing stores, uh, and I, I don't know if you remember Millie's and all those places that we'd hang sure. out in. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, it's just quite not the same anymore, but it was just, um, I would be there, I was there every, every, every weekend and on Thursday nights. I love Great Neck. Wow. So, uh, yeah. oh, wow. Small world. Small world. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you grew up there, and that's a great place to grow up. And, of course, they had a very Great Neck. It was a very upscale area of Long Island, uh, close to the city. I mean, it was easy commute to the city, so a lot of people that commuted to the city lived there. Um, so you went and so you became an architect, and then how did that all evolve that you got into? I mean, you wrote... Um, an apartment book called Design for Small Space. How did you, oh, that was, I, you didn't write that book. You wrote Creativity Catalog, and you have um, Architect Entries and Professional References book. How do people reach you, and how do you give, you know, where do they get advice from you? I know you're in a lot of magazines, sure. but there's too many to name. Right. So um, certainly, you know, central source of information, as it often is, is, of course, the web. Uh, my website, DonaldRatner.com. And Ratner, by the way, folks, is spelled, my version at least, with two T's. There's a whole branch with just one T, but I'm in the two T department. So uh, if so you go there, you'll find, you'll find pretty much, you know, whatever you Ratner, R-A-T-T-N-E-R.com. You'll find all the, you know, background information on on my career, things that I've designed, as well as uh, books that I have written. Okay, and for those of you who are driving, uh, no car accidents, so I will post this on my <laughs> website also. Okay, so you worked on a lot of projects. So is there any of your, is there a favorite of yours or something that you... I'm sure they were all wonderful, but is there anything that particularly stands out in your mind as a favorite project? Oh, wow. As you say, there are so many. Um, I've been very fortunate to work on quite a few projects that are just just unique. Um, you know, I did a lot of high-end customer, custom residential work in my time, and uh, that means pretty much every every job is different from the next. Um, you know, I've worked in some great New York City apartment buildings, some classic buildings, and then I've worked in, you know, second home communities in Florida, New England, um, even went as far south as Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean. So wow. it's really hard to single out one project as standing out. 
Um, and as I said, I've just been very fortunate to have lots of favorites uh, in the portfolio. So you've kind of done any, you know, you kind of done everything. So in other words, you know, are you, so you're not prone to like one type, like whether it's modern or traditional, are you, you, are you kind of going with whatever your client would want? Um, it's sort of a little of both. I mean, on the one hand, I've done a lot of work in um, kind of historic contexts. Um, for example, I was uh, hired to help develop a second home community on the former Henry Ford estate in outside of Savannah, Georgia. And there was a wow. lot of you know history, obviously, to the property, to the man, to some of the buildings that were still on the site. So I've been able to work in a way that's very sensitive to that history. Um, right. And so once you start kind of developing a portfolio, then people start to come to you because of the things in your portfolio. So it becomes a kind of a circular um, process. But, you know, every now and then someone wants something a little off the beaten track. So uh, I might do something with a little bit more modern touch to it. So something we sometimes call transitional, which sort of, uh, has a foot in both camps, modern and traditional. But most important, I think, for me at least, is that I'm always looking to fit into the context. So if I'm working in uh, a Florida environment, obviously I'm looking to the kinds of buildings and architecture and design elements that fit in with that particular climate um, versus, say, something in New England that wants to look like it's always kind of been there. So that, that's the most important underlying factor for me. You know, and that's so important. I'll never forget, um, going back a bunch of years, I had opened, the, when I first opened in uh, the Hamptons, I will never forget this house because there was a home that was built and designed by a guy that duplicated, basically, his home in Florida, in the Hamptons. And if you go back 25 years or so in the Hamptons, everything then, not so much now, but everything then was very traditional and kind of New England, you know, and it was traditional. Modern was definitely mm -hmm. out. And right. his house was beautiful, but we could not sell it. Nobody wanted it because uh. it, it didn't fit in to what they considered what was what they liked in that community. Now, that's since changed. But I do believe that certain places have certain looks, and it's important. You, you know, you don't want an outcast. Like, you know, sometimes right. you ever see a home that just doesn't fit into the rest of the homes in the area, and it just kind of looks weird. Yeah, we think of them as UFOs. They sort of landed from <laughs> outer space, and they just don't connect to anything yeah those are those are tough cells uh you gotta find that one person who likes ufos i guess <laughs> well likes to really stand out and be different uh right. but at the same token you don't want to i mean i don't necessarily love communities where like you can i know in maryland i have a friend that lives in a community everything has to be painted this like a certain color everything has to be right. pretty much the same so you want to have individually you know, some individuality, but you want to also fit in. Right. Now. Yeah. And when, you know, when you go to a lot of the uh, American towns, small cities, what have you, you will see a, quite a range of styles, right? I mean, you know, yes. it goes back to 200 years. So things are not just the same again and again and again, but somehow it all holds together. They can even, uh, these houses often um, adapt whatever, quote, style uh, they're trying to work with to the local conditions. So they're being 
kind of broad-minded, but at the same time specific to the, to the environment. So tell us about the name and tell us about your book. So um, My Creative Space is the title of the book, the subtitle being How to Design Your Home to Stimulate Ideas and Spark Innovation. Um, and this is a book that um, is the fruit of many, many years of labor study and writing and publishing as folks who might have been involved in, in book publishing know. It's a, it's a long process, but I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, so what this book is trying to do is to pull together what is a quite substantial uh, pile um, collection of scientific experiments and studies that show how our physical environment, our space, the built environment, as well as the natural uh, environment, influences how we think, feel, and act, and more specifically, how we are creative, right? So we can actually, by drawing on scientific studies, design our spaces in ways that will make us more inventive, make us better idea generators, make us better innovators. And that's what I try to pull together uh, in this book with very, what I like to think of as very practical techniques, but also explaining why, you know, what's going on here? Why does color or shape or the ceiling height in your space affect how creative you are? And I, you know, I, I found it fascinating myself to discover some of the answers to those questions. Uh, and it's, a, you know, I got a lot of um, illustrations and specific, uh, you know, techniques for doing this. So I'm trying to make it both practical, but also stimulate some thinking about what our space can do to us um, in terms of our behavior. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking at your site and uh, it's interesting. And you, you have um, look at something blue and, and so certain colors for certain people will reflect a certain mood. Like I have a friend that just popped when I saw looking at something blue and he loves blue and his home mm. is all blue, all different shades of blue and it's very well done, but it creates a certain mood for him and that's what he loves. So do like do people, do you kind of feel that color sometimes will reflect somebody's mood or their personality and make them, because I think that everybody, no matter where you live, no matter whether it's a little space or a big space or a mansion or a little cabin. Everyone's home is their home, and it's kind of their refuge, in my opinion. You know, when you Absolutely. Everyone... So I think it should be you. I know for me, I'm a Taurus, and, you know, Taurus home is very important. And um, I find it that when I go home, I want my home to feel like me, not somebody else. Yep. So. Yeah, how absolutely. do you work with how absolutely. do you work with people like that? Um, well, first thing one does as an architect certainly is to listen, right? Is to learn as much about the client, the person, and just exactly the way you've been talking now, and uh, downloading that information into our own heads, and um, using that as a way to kind of create a roadmap for going forward, right? Because I have to hear about what your idea of home is not just to give you what my idea of home is because right. it's your home, obviously. Right. And home, obviously, no, it's, an, it's a unique space. It's the one place on earth, generally speaking, that we can call our own. You know, even if we're renting, um, exactly. we have certain rights. Um, the police can't just come barging into your house. You have <laughs> a certain amount of autonomy there that you just don't have anywhere else. So 
Yeah, for a lot of people, creating their home is sort of creating the world as they would like to see it, right? That's their ideal. Um, so just because you, you know, started with color, color is a very interesting subject. Obviously, it's kind of everywhere. It's hard to escape color. And you mentioned blue, which I talk about in my book because it's one of these techniques that I have uh, discovered, at least uh, by reading the scientific evidence, will actually stimulate idea generation. So really? first of all, blue... Yeah. First of all, blue, as you say, um, is the world's most popular color. And this is interesting because it crosses cultural boundaries, geographic boundaries. If you go around the world and ask people, what's your favorite color? Nine out of 10 will say blue. So something is going on here on a kind of universal level, right? Wouldn't we say transcultural? That's interesting. I I thought they might say pink. (laughs) No, I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. (laughs) No, definitely not pink. Um, so, you know, I think it's pretty straightforward. Why why blue? Because it's such a pervasive color in the natural world, right? Blue skies, yes. blue waters, these are all very positive associations we make with a particular color. And the idea is, behind a lot of these techniques that I write about in the book, is that what we're doing is kind of reflecting like several million years of evolution, right? We are not just, we weren't born yesterday, Um we are the products of a long, long uh, time for us to evolve into what we are. And so what's happening is that our brains are still kind of stuck in where, we, where we've been left by evolution. And blue, of course, is a very positive signal in our environment. It says, oh, good weather. That means things can grow. There's going to be food supply. There's going to be a positive environment as opposed to thunder and crashing and lightning and all those kind of bad things. So our brains are sort of geared, bioengineered, if you'd like, to react positively to the color blue. And so anything that makes us more positive in our outlook generally also boosts our ability to be creative. They kind of go hand in hand. If you're in a positive state of mind, uh, you will be more prone to come up with new ways of doing things than if you're sort of afraid or fearful or um, upset or anxious where we sort of shift into a different mindset. So blue is a great color for that. The other color that's very good for this that has been, again, I'm talking all about science-backed findings, is green. And there is an obvious one. There's an obvious connection to nature. So generally speaking, anything you can do to bring nature into your space, into your home or work environment for that matter, generally will lift mood and make you more uh, inventive and creative and innovative. Do you think, you know, because I, I often wonder, I mean, it's an interesting thought. When people, because, you know, of course I deal with homes all the time, and sometimes I don't know if people give that thought. Like they might just look at, you know, like if you take a, um, let's just say a model home, and it's designed beautifully, and of course when you take everything out, it might look different. But I don't know that people really take enough time to really think about what's important to them. Um, so what, what kind of advice do you give to people when it comes to first deciding what, what their color scheme should be? You know, with color, um, color is sort of one of the more um, kind of complex factors that I write about in the book because it's really operating on, this, on, on multiple levels in ways that some of the other ones don't necessarily do. So we just talked about this kind of universal aspect of color, Pretty much everybody around the world likes blues and greens. But then you get to another level, which I call the cultural level, where you might find very different opinions depending on where you are in the world. So, for example, the color black in the Far East in Asia is considered a good luck color, whereas we 
here in the States, we kind of have certain, you know, familial association, death and so forth, it's kind of bad things associated with black. So there you have very different ideas. If you could and then just come on, the commercials coming on and just finish up by telling us where to get your book, how to find it. Oh, sure. Uh, okay, book so is pretty much. Wait, we have a commercial. So right after the commercial. Oh, okay. Okay, thanks. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Secular Live, weekdays at 4 p.m. On AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And we're back, and uh, we're back with Donald Ratner. And uh, I want to ask you a few quick questions before we go, because I hope you'll come again. There's so much to ask. I don't have time to ask all, but... Um, first of all, <laughs> yeah. where do we find your book? 
So the book is available on pretty much all your online outlets, of course, Amazon, but any of the others that you might use. And you can uh, get it in bookstores. If they don't have it on the shelf, you can just ask for it to be ordered. Right. And your website is My Creative Space? The website is actually under my name, Donald Ratner, R-A-T-T-N-E-R, dot com, all one word. All one word with two T's, right? Ratner? Right. And one quick question. If you had to uh, pick from a standpoint of an architect, is there a favorite building in the world that you would pick and why? <laughs> is that uh, That's a toughie, but I guess just, you know, what springs to my mind at the moment, because I've been thinking about it a lot, is the classic Empire State Building, wow. <laughs> just because it's so iconic and uh, so it plays into such great, you know, popular culture moments, all like King Kong, et cetera, et cetera, that it's just been on my mind. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really great. And I, I remember seeing the lights and, 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 you know, depending on the mood of the city. But I, I right. would love for you to come back again. There's so much I'd love to cover with you. And um, I hope everyone goes and buys this book. It's a great book. And please come on the show again. It was lovely to have you. Oh, thank you, Daddy. It would be a pleasure, and I, I did enjoy our talk today. Uh, thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. And now, okay, we have such great guests today. Um, we have Kyle Schooneman, and Kyle is an interior designer and an author and a television personality. He wrote the book, The First Apartment Book, Cool Design for Small Spaces, and by the way, if you live in New York City, you really need to read this book. Um, good, I don't know if I should say almost good afternoon, but good morning, good afternoon, Kyle. It's a pleasure to have you on. Morning, morning. Now, how did you get into interior design? Well, I actually, um, at 13 years old, grew up, was growing up in Chicago, and I just subscribed to Architectural Digest, um, and that's kind of how I started. I actually moved to L.A. thinking I wanted to do architecture, learned how long it took um, school-wise, and was like, yeah, that's a little too much, and actually got into <laughs> set design, which then led me into interior design. So that's kind of how it all started. Okay. And what made you, you know, and I think it's so important because it's really hard to design small spaces. Uh, yeah. What? How did you get into the specialty of designing small spaces, which is such a, a such a, it's really difficult. Yeah, I mean, I love the creative constraints that kind of those, those four walls give you. And in my 20s, um, when I was growing up, I was, I was getting hired really, really young to do these big, you know, great spaces in L.A. And I had friends that were just moving into their first place and they had no idea what to do. And I just wanted to really bring good design, you know, accessible design to everyone. And I just saw that there was a, a kind of a market that was missing. It felt like you just you were told don't care about your apartment until you get a house. And I was like, well, we're kind of wasting a lot of time here, especially nowadays um, living in these cities. And so that's kind of where that all came from. I just really thought that it was something that needed to be addressed. Oh, I think that's so important. I don't think there's really enough emphasis. So it's really special to have you on the show. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people with small spaces. But, you know, <laughs> I live in New York City. And so when I first moved from Long Island to New York City and 
I was like, how do people live like this? How do they live in these spaces? And some of them yeah. were really a mess. I mean, they just didn't, didn't work. So what advice do you offer buyers and what advice do you offer sellers when they have small spaces? Well, for me, I always tell people, I, you know, when I'm working with clients, especially in small spaces, I say I need my furniture to be hard workers. You know, I don't think that they can just serve one purpose. And nowadays, there's so many kind of innovations out there, uh, sofas that open up for storage, beds that have drawers in them, all that stuff. All of that to me is key. I don't think it's, you know, there's not one special paint color that's going to solve everything. Right. Um, it's really about kind of what is your square footage and those big pieces, that sofa, that, that, that bed, how are you going to make those work? Because I really do think that good design kind of comes in that kind of that yin and yang of what do I need it to do and how do I want it to look? And I think there is always a good solution. I actually think it can make for better design. Um, when you're trying to figure it out. But for me, I always say, you know, the furniture's got to be hardworking, and then you got to play up your strengths. You know, it's like if you have great shoulders and you want to show them off in an outfit, it's the same with, with your house. If you have tall ceilings, put those, you know, those curtains all the way up to the ceiling and really create that illusion of space. Yeah, I, you know, I know when I was, um, when I would look at new developments and they would say to me, oh, look, we hung the curtains higher than the window because they wanted to have that illusion of it being a much larger window than it was. So there's a lot of tricks. Um, so when, see, first of all, I'm assuming people can buy your book on Amazon or any place that sells books, correct? Correct, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when they find your book, what, what advice can they look for? Well, so what I did in the book is I actually traveled across the country, did 10 different apartments in 10 different cities. And the idea is that it's really showing design through your personality. I didn't want to kind of create, I think there was so much in HGTV and, you know, in the last decade or two about yes. staging. And it was much more about staging and not about kind of designing for yourself. So this book was much more about designing for yourself, not just about selling. There's obviously two different worlds. But this one was kind of exploring city life. And so uh, there's a chapter in my book all about roommates. There's a chapter all in my book about couples. Um, and then each one kind of has little tricks, hacks, DIYs. Um, you know, for instance, let's say in Chicago, I did a loft. And we need, there was just one big room. So I created a room within a room just with furniture for a bed. And uh, we used temporary wallpaper. We used temporary sconces on the bookcases so you weren't actually, you know, drilling into the walls. And so there are a lot of tricks, tricks and tips if you're an apartment design or if you own a condo because um, that there's good design in everything. It just kind of depends. You, you really have to have a focus. And so that's kind of what this, it's about. So there's, you know, there's a chapter in New York and Boston, Nashville, Seattle, Los Angeles, uh, San Fran, you know, we, we kind of go all over the place. And so in each one, there's at least three or four DIYs. There's a story about each person and, and beautiful photos showing kind of great design um, through your eyes. So you're, you're not only designing a small space, which I have to tell you, I think is very difficult. I think it's a lot easier to design a big space. Um, I think it's really gets And well... But you also want to design something that somebody wants to feel good about, that's, 
that's a reflection of them. Not only that it looks nice, but that reflects yeah. their mood. Especially so because you, I mean, well, I was going to say just because now that we're working at home, we're we're we're. I think that's oh. the most intimate thing. You know, you can bring people into your home, and I think that personality should show through. I think you know, here we are creating connections in our lives, and design can be a really good way to kind of show yourself through that space. Yeah, I find that, you know, as I told some another guest, I'm a Taurus, so the Taurus home is very important. And I feel like yep. I live in a chaotic world, and when I come home, I want that home to feel like me, or so I want it to be me. I don't want it to be, I mean, there's some beautiful places that are gorgeous, but they're just not representative of me. So when you work with a client, how do you begin? Well, so, okay, so when I work with a client, I, it's funny because most clients, the first time you meet with an interior designer, they almost want your approval. <laughs> and what I'm trying to get from that client is who they are. So I like to walk in and I like to ask a lot of questions. And there's always the, oh, there's all these shoes by the door, but don't worry, we can put them away. But my question is, if all the shoes are by the door and the kids are coming home, then maybe, and that's how you live, then we should solve that problem through design. Maybe we need to do a built-in bench. Maybe we need to do a closet organizer right next to it. But, but don't lie to yourself. I think that is the most important thing because good design should solve problems. And, and I like to ask a lot of questions because I want to know your taste before I can help you get to where you need to go. Um, but I need to understand what you love, what your, what, what your personality is. And then I go from there because otherwise I think there's a lot of, well, if you like it, then I like it. And yeah, it's, it's like if they took a, a home that like a brand new home and it's decorated so that the model is, you know, exactly. and decorated. I think that like most clients that I know, they can show me a picture of a finished room and say, I love it, but they don't know how to get there, especially from right. their space. And that's kind of where I come in is where, where we get to that space. But I want to know, I want to know everything. I want to know how you live, what you watch, what you wear. I think that's kind of, all of that is good design. I mean, you know, is we'll tell you about your design. Well, you know, you made an important point as far as what you said with shoes, because likely if you, take all the shoes and you put them away it's a temporary thing they're going to be back to a mess again exactly eventually. yeah so that's um, really important i have uh, I would like to talk about some of the latest trends with interior design but i think we have a commercial coming up so i don't want to okay. stop you in the middle of it so we're going to be back with kyle schuderman and uh He's going to talk about his book and some of the latest trends in interior designs. And, of course, tell us if you have a website and where we can, how we can get your book. We'll be right back with Kyle Schooneman. This is something you don't want to miss. We all live in small spaces, especially in New York City. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? 
Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consumer Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy with yours truly, Jersey Joe? Where are we going? Well, let me tell you. Rome, Catania, Taormina, Savoca, Forza d'Agro, Mount Etna, Palermo. That's Rome and Sicily, baby, for nine full days. What a trip. We're going to have a ball, enjoy wonderful food, and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sites used in iconic Godfather scenes. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. If all goes well, you may even be treated to the best entertainment team since Martin and Lewis, Piscopo, and Perillo. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 800-431-1515-800-431-1515 to secure your reservation now on this very limited tour before it sells out. Go online, please, to perillotours.com. Did you listen to our podcasts? Hear them now on our website at am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're so fortunate to be back with uh, Kyle Schumann, who is an American interior designer and author of television personality. He wrote the book, First Apartment Book, cool De- and Cool Designs for Small Spaces. And I'm understanding that you might have uh, also did a upholstery line. Is that true? I did, yeah. I had a, a furniture line through Apartment 2B. Um, I had a bedding line um, a couple years back at Bed Bath & Beyond as well. Wow. So let me ask you something. What are the, we were asking right before the break, what are some of the latest trends? Well, for me, what I've been noticing is a lot is kind of a much more casual style. The bedding has become a lot more casual, looser. 
Um, I find the the tones are are less. It's less about that cold, cool gray, and it's much warmer. You know, there are even a lot of kind of hues in the in the in the soft pinks and 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 taupes and gray uh, and browns almost. Uh, I think the furniture is getting a lot more rounded. Um, I think in general, I think it's a much more casual kind of design. And then I really do think that clients are caring a lot more about, you know, not quick furniture, but much more sustainable. I think they're caring a lot more about textures, woods, marbles. I think mar- statement marble is becoming a big trend um, still. You know, it's less about tile in the backsplash and much more about kind of finding that perfect grain. So I, I think there is just kind of a general casualness to it all um, that feels kind of rich. Yeah, well, I think people live a little bit more casually. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think they entertain as formal as they used to. But let me ask you a question. When we talk to clients, like let's just say you mentioned um, you know, warmer colors, um, do you find that when you tell people, um, like let's say they, I mean, grays were in and everything was gray. The cabinets were gray. This was gray. Everything that was the coolest color for, I don't know, the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. But I would always yep. say, well, then what happens when gray gets out? Then you, then if you've done everything in gray, then you're stuck with something that looks dated. And I would find when I'd see houses, somebody would say, well, I just, redid all of my kitchen and this and that, but they did colors that were very in at a certain period of time, which then dated their home. Do you do anything neutral and then and then kind of accent with colors, or do you like, would you do cabinets and things of that nature and color? Yeah, I agree with you. I actually do tend to, to pause for a second on that. I think those permanent choices are always kind of nice to keep keep um, keep more neutral. I think you can kind of wade into the trends without jumping full into a blue kitchen <laughs> that I feel like right. was a thing for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think there are um, they're all regretting that now. Um, no, <laughs> uh, but I think there are ways to do it right. So maybe your do kind of a, a more taupey, taupey gray. You kind of, you pull back, you, you take those ideas, and maybe there's a gray tint to your cabinet, but it's not a full, you know, it's not a full moment. I, I, I think there are ways to do it, especially maybe in your less permanent things. So maybe you choose your pillows, your rugs. You know, your rug is your f- fifth wall, basically. You can do a lot with a rug that can change the space, and you're not stuck to it for life. Right, right. Um, so I, I think if you want to get into the trends, I think you can without, you know, boxing yourself in. So how does somebody reach you and how do they get to your services? Is there a website first or do they have a number? Or how do they yeah. get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah, so my website has everything on it. It has all my TV appearances. It has my portfolio, everything okay. like that, which is just www.kylesheenemann.com. Wait, wait, you can slow the- down because I'm going to post this because... <laughs> Listen, I'm in this business. Everybody, everybody wants to have some somebody like you. What is it? www. dot So it's spelled K Y L E S C H U N E M A N, and that's dot com. So 
Um, that'll have a contact form on it. Um, it has my Instagram handle where you can see all kinds of different projects I've worked on. I actually just posted one recently where, and it went crazy viral. It has like 8 million views where I posted basically everywhere I go, I take a leaf and I frame it. And it's become kind of this gallery wall on my in my house. And, I, and I've told clients before, you can have really cool art that doesn't cost a lot and means a lot. And so I was just showing people that, and it really kind of went went crazy. So there, there are lots of tips and tricks on there. So if they go onto your website, then they can fill out a form, and then you would get a hold of them somehow. Exactly, yeah. And where do we? And your book, obviously, we I'm, would be able to get that on anywhere. Yeah, Amazon? Amazon is probably the best one. It's called um, Department Book: Cool Designs for Small Spaces. Um, Clarkson Potter published it. So yeah, it's a great it's a great coffee table book. I tell people it's a great like gift if you have someone just moving into a first place, you know, graduation present, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, oh, it's, that it's is a fun a, gift. That is a great idea for somebody who's getting a new apartment, okay? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I you know, you sound you make it sound easy, but I've had small <laughs> apartments in my life and uh, they're a challenge. And uh, what do you do when somebody has, well, if somebody has furniture from another place, is it, do you try to, try to find to make it work or sometimes it's just not workable? It depends, I assume. Yeah, I think it really depends. I think people um, tend to want to always move their furniture into a space and it sometimes feels like you're just putting a square peg into a round hole. And I think, I think, I think what people need to understand is there has to be some investment in your space. I think a lot of young people especially will spend $18 on a martini on a Thursday night, but won't spend, you know, you know, $200 on a nice nightstand. And I think that just needs to be rejiggered for a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I think it, it, there needs to be an investment. I can't, unless you're willing to do it, then you're never going to get the place you want. Right. But you can find, uh, uh, you can find, um, furniture that is maybe not the best best quality but especially if it's an apartment that you're not going to stay in forever that looks great maybe just yeah totally not. there's I, I agree and and i and i think we you know i mean we're ordering mattresses online and they're just showing up now it's just people are are shopping so differently there's so many innovations so much competition online it's actually made it so much easier especially in new york you know i mean i've used furniture doctors to get <laughs> undo sofas and bring them into the space. Um, New York is a pretty wild place for design, but they make it work. (laughs) Well, anything works in New York. I mean, they make anything work because everything is so versatile. I always say that New York could be an example for the way the world should be because, you know, whether it's clothes, whether it's dress, whatever, they, you know, there's no no trend. Whatever is good for you, they accept. But when, but when you know, but as I said, it is a trick to design small spaces, and I'd love to give this book out to people when they buy an apartment because uh, it is tricky. So I and I don't think enough emphasis is on that, Um, and I I I don't think I think you know on big spaces everyone you know that's you know that's a whole other category and in my opinion a little bit easier. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you and they go on that website, they can get a hold of you and then they can, you know, work with you. But when you yep. buy something online, I always fear that. 
I fear that online, what if it doesn't look like it's, how do you know the fabric texture? How do you know, like online, how do you know what that, you know, it's, it, how yeah, you really no, I agree. I think most of these online sources, they they don't want a return because that's a pain in their ass. <laughs> so what right. I think they do now is they you can get fabric samples sent to you within a few days. I think oh. all of those little things are so important because you do want to see it. And, and a lot of them, I mean, I will say almost all of these places, they have return policies because they don't have showrooms anymore. I mean, people are just shopping differently. They, yes. um, so, so you read the reviews, you, you get this fabric samples, um, and then you can make some kind of really educated guesses. I really do think that the quality is good. The quality is better than it's ever been. I think people are now used to shopping online, so that yep. fear has kind of gone away in a lot of ways. Um, but there are guardrails, I think, out there that, that you can do the steps before, before you, you take the plunge. Right. So if, you, if somebody gave you a layout and things of that nature and gave you kind of a budget and what they liked, you would be able to help them put something together. Exactly, yeah. And I think, I mean, that is kind of a gift that interior designers have that I understand the layman don't, but um, I think... That is a gift. You know, that, yeah. that is most certainly... And you're, yeah, I mean... How old are you? How, I mean, you, you, you started when you were young, and you're still young. Yep. So you, so and, and that's really, really great because I'm sure your taste is hip and cool and fun. And obviously it depends on the person themselves also and their personality. But I think that's so important because I think whatever your space is, small, big, large, it should feel like home. And like home is your safe haven and it should feel like you. Oh, I, I, there's just so many things I can ask you. So, <laughs> I, what is the, is there a, a request that was anything out of the ordinary that was ever asked for you to do that stands out in your mind? Well, well, I always, um, I think couples are always the most interesting, um, oh, if I'm yeah. being honest. Um, I, uh, I tell people that it's not about compromise, it's really about give and take. If you want red, she wants blue, you know, purple isn't the answer, even though it's a mix, because neither of you are getting what you want. So it's really about kind of give and take. If you if you have a graphic kind of area rug that's much more modern. You're gonna, and, I'm going to have to ask you to come back because we're running out of time, but I hope you'll come back. You have so much more okay. that we can talk about. So I'm going to ask you yeah, to come back great. again. Thank you so much, Kyle, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Dottie. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.